Today we conclude our series or our month focus on embracing prayer. But prayer is not just a month thing, it's not a trend, not a fad, it's not an in vogue type of thing, it's a lifestyle, it's a consistency in our lives, or it should be. And today I'm going to read a portion from the book of Ephesians, and Paul is writing to the church here, and he includes a prayer, and I'm reading from verse 15 of the first chapter, and it says, ever since, Paul saying this, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Paul is writing to believers in Jesus Christ, and he's writing to the, a place, Ephesus, from a prison cell. You know, the great thing about Paul, he did not see difficulties as obstacles. He saw them as opportunities, opportunities to do something different, something new. And in his prison experience, he wrote letters, which we still read today with the inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit, on them. He used a difficult situation not to mourn and groan like the world might do, but to do something different, like using technology in a new way in church, but not just to do something different, but to be different, to be different from what was going on round about him, to reflect the character of his saviour, to do something which helped people, not something that brought them down, but something that lifted them up. And us, in our generation and in our world, need to be people who are different. We need to be people who don't see obstacles as difficulties to bring us down, but opportunities to be different and to do different. And what an incredible attitude he had. In verse 3, writing from a prison cell, we didn't read this, but it says, All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. And I just want to pick up in three aspects or three areas that Paul wrote or prayed for, for this group of believers, which are still relevant for us today. 
I believe. But just before I pick up on the three, I love the beginning of his prayer for these fellow believers. In verse 15, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. So when he's praying for others, he begins, he says, by thanking God for them. When I think of you, he says, I can't help but thank God for you. The challenge for us, if people think about us, is the first thought that comes to their mind, something in our lives that causes them to be thankful to God for us. But have we got people in our life, when we think of them, then we thank God for them. Why not take a moment right now, if you can think of somebody like that, and just say, thank you, God, for whoever that person is and what they've brought into your life. Now, don't stop listening to what I'm saying, but just thank God where you are. But Paul, even in difficult circumstances, was a thankful person. To the Philippians, he says, when you're praying with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In the beginning of that Later, he wrote to them in chapter 1, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. Like a pastoral heart, someone writing to a group of his, his flock, his believers that he was caring for, and he says, Every time I think of you, I thank God for you. Just like every pastor in the world Every time they think of anybody in their congregation, they thank God for them. Well, maybe on a good day. But we should be thankful in our prayers. But then he prays three things for them. He prays for a revelation. I'm praying for you continually, he said, but I'm praying that God gives you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. He's praying for them to know him to know him better. And you know, the biggest thing about prayer is not getting things, but it's getting to know God in a fresh and a new way, in a more intimate way. I love the Natalie Grant song, which is on a bit, help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the saviour more than the saving. Help me want to know the giver more than the gift. Because the greatest thing about prayer is getting to know God better, getting to know Jesus Christ better. Paul knew that. And before he prayed for this group, his attitude was in Philippians 3.10, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. But the beginning of that, that I might know him. And he said that not early on in his faith walk, but toward the end of it. His attitude was that I might know him more than I know him just now. And let me suggest that when Paul said that, he probably knew God and his Christ better than most of us know him now. But Paul was committed in his prayer life to know God better. And he prayed, his heart for these people at Ephesus was, I'm praying that you might know him better. You know, my prayer for those who don't know Jesus Christ in a personal way, the Savior, is that they get to know him. That they come to a place where they recognize him 
as Savior. And if you're listening today and you've never come to that place of knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior in a personal way, you maybe know about him, but you don't know him, we want to encourage you today. You can just simply pray and ask him to come into your life and be your Savior, and you can begin a personal relationship with him because of his sacrifice. And why would you not want to know him better? Why would any of us not want to know him better? He's the one who died for us to take away our sin. He's the one who's the Prince of Peace who can give us peace. He's the one who's full of joy. The Bible says that God anointed him with the oil of joy more than any other being. To know Jesus, to know our Savior is to know peace, to know joy, to know grace, to know mercy, to know life, to know unconditional, never-ending love. Why would you not want to know him better? The one who'll never let you down. Paul says, in my prayer life, I want you to get to know him better because there's nothing better than knowing him in a greater and more personal way. In our prayer life, whether we're praying for ourselves or praying for others, let us pray that we come to know him better, that others come to know him better. And even if our circumstances don't change, even if the prayers don't get answered the way we would want, we would know the Lord more, the Lord who is a shepherd, to provide and protect and guide us. We know the God of comfort who comforts us in all our troubles. We know the one that even when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we would fear no evil because he is with us. Why would we want not to know him better? Paul prays for a revelation of knowing him. He also prays for an inspiration of knowing hope. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. What an incredible eternal hope we have. What a hope we confess at gravesides of those who have gone to be with a Savior or at crematoriums when we talk about sure and certain hope of resurrection to eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have that eternal hope, but we can hope for this world as well. We live in a world which is full of fear, anxiety, hopelessness, but we have a hope so sure. We have an anchor for our souls. We have hope in the midst of hopelessness, and that hope has a name. His name is Jesus. Paul writes and prays, I want you to know him better, but I want you to know the hope that he offers. Hope is one of my favorite words. I just love what it means and what it stands for. There's hope. With God, there's not such a thing as hopelessness. There is always hope. And next month, we're going to focus on the theme of embracing hope. And part of what we're doing is a connection with Hope for Justice and a sponsored walk or a fundraising event to help Hope for Justice, an incredible organization which exists to end modern-day slavery. And exists to give hope to those who even right now are in hopelessness in their own eyes with no way out. And we can pray for them and pray that they get that hope 
that only God can provide. But I'm not going to focus too much on that because it's next month's focus. But Romans 15 and 13 says this. Remember, we're embracing prayer. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul prays, I'm praying that you know him. You get a revelation beyond where you're at. I'm praying that there's the inspiration that hope gives you, that life-giving hope where it seems deadness and no hope and no way out. But also, he prays more than that. He prays for a demonstration of God's power. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. What kind of power is he praying for? What kind of power is Paul praying comes into the lives of those that he's writing to at Ephesus? He goes on to say, the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. That is some power. Yes, I'm praying that you know him. You get a revelation of him. Yes, I'm praying for that inspiration of knowing hope in your life. But I'm also praying that you know the power, the demonstration of power of God in your life. Jesus says, all authority, all power had been given to him. When we're praying, we're praying in the name which is all authority and power. Jesus, what a powerful name it is. In Psalm 147, verse 5, we read this. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His power is absolute. So I looked up what absolute meant. Remember, I didn't go to that greater school. I'm just kidding. I thank God for the education I had. But I looked up what absolute meant. What does this absolute power mean? And some definitions from a dictionary. Absolute means not qualified or diminished in any way. It means total, without limit. It means not relative or comparative, i.e. you have no rival, you have no equal. Yours is a name which goes higher than any other name. Absolute means to the largest degree possible. Absolute means certain, not to be doubted. It means complete. It means complete power 
and authority. Now in Psalm 106 and verse 8, it's a story being told about how God rescued his people, Israel. And it says, for his name's sake, but it said this, he did it to make his mighty power known. You know, in your life, in the people you pray for, in our world, in our church, in our communities, God wants to make his mighty power known. It's okay to pray for God's power to be known. Some years ago, we used to sing a song with the words, show your power, O Lord. And part of that verse attached was, your gospel, O Lord, is a hope for our nation. Show your power, show your power. Let me suggest that not just our nation, but every nation needs to see the power of God come and change our societies and our world. Pray for God's power to come in. Now verse 22 is an incredible verse. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. Wow. And has made him head over all things. Wow. Wow. But listen, for the benefit of the church. Wow. 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 One other translation says this. God has put everything under the control of Christ. He has made Christ the head of everything for the good of the church. He has all authority. He has all power. And it's for the benefit of you and me and the church. One of the modern translations actually says, for the benefit of the church, especially New Life Prestwick. I won't tell you what version it is, but you can come and speak to me at another time. What kind of power? All authority. All power. A power to heal those who are sick. To speak calm into storms. To bring forgiveness into condemnation. To bring wholeness into brokenness. To bring weakness up to depart weakness and cause strength to come into weakness. To turn mourning into dancing, beauty into ashes, shame into glory, graves into gardens, bones into armies, seas into highways. You're the only one who can, the song says. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. That's the power that Paul is praying is seen in these people, that they know that power, that God demonstrates that power. And as we come to the end of our series on embracing prayer, my prayer for you and my prayer for you as you pray for yourself and for others is that you embrace prayer in a new way. And that in that praying that you know him better, that you get to know him better as you spend time praying and spending time 
before him. That's relationship. Paul says, above anything, I'm praying that you know him and that your relationship grows. If you're in any relationship, you grow in that relationship and you know more as you grow. I know personally, I could be in a room with a group of people and there's a discussion taking place. And I could tell in most instances what my wife Kathy is thinking. Now sometimes that is scary, but often it is a blessing. But why do I know? Because I've spent time in her presence. I've grown to know her. And in our prayer life, the more you spend time in his presence, the more you get to know him. And let me encourage you, there's no one you want to know more than knowing him. He's all that you'd ever want him to be. But also as you pray, I'm praying that hope fills your heart for what seems impossible can bow the knee to the one who, to whom nothing is impossible. And I am praying that you know his power, that you get a revelation of him, you get an inspiration of hope, but that you receive a demonstration of his power. And I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you need today. I don't know what's going on in your life, in your world today. But I know that God does. And I know that that same God is for you. And I know that God is waiting for you to call. That God is waiting for you to embrace prayer in connection with him in a fresh and a new way. He's waiting to inspire with the hope that only he can give. And he's waiting to demonstrate his awesome, incredible, absolute power in your life. And maybe you have got a need right now and you're crying out for prayer. You're crying out to God. And I'm going to join with you. Maybe you just want to slip your hand up. You don't need to because I can't see it, but maybe you're just acknowledging, Lord, I'm coming before you. And Lord, I'm coming and I need to experience the greatness of your power. I need the authority that's in that name which is above every name. So where you are just now, just you come before God. And I'm going to pray and I can believe that as we pray and agree together that we will know that greatness of his power which no matter, no matter what the problem is, his name is greater. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that we get the privilege and the honor of praying and coming into your presence, of connecting with you, the living God. I pray, Lord, that this is not the conclusion of a new walk of prayer for all of us, but that we continue to come into your presence and grow in our knowledge of you. I pray for those who have got hopelessness that you'll cause that hope to fill their hearts. But Father, for everyone who just needs that power, that authority that Jesus had, the one who is head over all things for the benefit of the church. I pray, Father God, that right now there'll be a demonstration of your power 
and authority, no matter the situation. It could be physical, it could be psychological, it could be emotional, it could be financial, it could be relationship, it could be so many things. But no matter what the name is, I thank you there's a name which is greater and his name is Jesus. What a powerful name it is. And Father, I declare that the one to whom all authority has been given just shows his power and authority right now. And I pray for whatever need for every heart's cry that's going up to you right now. I pray, Father God, that there'll be an experience, a demonstration of the power that's in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the testimonies that are going to come, how you've moved and stepped in as we pray together and believe for you to do what only you can do. And we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory. And through your son, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.